Good morning, good afternoon, good night. You are welcome back to the Elite Performance Podcast. I actually was trying to record a episode on nutrition and how I think people should structure it, but I kept getting sidetracked and wasn't going so well so I've changed my mind I'm actually going to go and do this one so this one is going to be more of an informal chat kind of similar to the first one but more of a focus on my role this year with Dune and my first experience with senior hurling and hurling in general and how that all came about how I dealt with it how I went about structuring it in terms of training nutrition dealing with the management team and bits and pieces like that so it's going to be useful I think in terms of anybody listening to this from a coaching point of view not that I have massive amounts of experience in, in dealing with this sort of stuff anyway but more so from the the newbies that are, are just coming out of college or people who are now getting asked to get involved with certain teams it, it might help and from a player perspective for you to get an insight into I suppose how a coach how I think a coach should think how um, you might approach next season a little bit differently and to the Dune lads who are listening to this how much I loved working with you last year um, no all jokes aside I did it was, it was a fantastic year it was a strange year nonetheless obviously with the the restrictions and coronavirus coming in and it did throw us a bit but I think we handled it extremely well as a squad and as a group of people working towards the same thing we, we had a massively productive year and hopefully now we can kind of push that on it didn't end how we'd like it to I think anybody who who watched you'd, you'd really have to have watched the whole championship to to get a feel for how it actually went I think in the final we came up against a, a f- massively physically superior Napirshi team and they are like they would take on any inter-county side and give them a run Um and I, I don't think we can have any too many complaints about the score. I think they, they played extremely well. We didn't deal with it very well on the day. But I think we learned an awful lot. And it gives us a chance to go back to the drawing board to, to figure out where to go next. But it also gives us another few months of physical development to eventually get to that level. Because there isn't, uh, by any means that much between the two teams in terms of outright skill and stuff like that if you watch the the whole championship it was clear to see that we we were physically fitter than most teams we were I think tactically better than most teams we were technically better than most teams we probably could have scored a lot more um, and we could have put more between us and other teams in terms of the games but 
that's just the learning curve. And I think for me, especially, it's just, it's nice to know that there is so much more to come from this group, which is great. But going back to, to how it all started, um, I'll have to mention him or else he'll start getting moody. Um, Tarek Kennedy was actually the first person that told me about it. I used to work in a gym in Limerick and the Limerick senior hurlers used to train there all the time, their their group gym sessions and their individual ones. I was actually on holiday in Berlin at the time and got a text off Dara asking me um, would I be interested in working with a senior hurling team in Limerick and at the time I had no idea who it was um, he asked me did I did I do that sort of thing and he said he wouldn't do it because he didn't have the time because he was still playing granted this was only maybe three or four months after I'd broken my arm so I was still in the splint it was on hold at the time and said yeah grand give um, whoever my number and then got a text off Dara O'Donovan on the Wednesday, I think it was. It was a Wednesday or a Thursday. I was in Berlin with Claire and got a text off him saying they're looking for someone to come in on a full-time SNC role. Would you be interested in doing it? A couple of things you want to talk about first, um, but would you be interested in having or jump, meeting up and talking about it? And I was like, yeah, grand, no problem. I'm home. Um, Friday, it was actually home Friday late it was like we flew in at like 12 o'clock um, so it was home late enough and they were saying that they were having their meeting or AGM meeting on the Saturday morning so I flew home Friday night and then drove out there Saturday morning for what I thought was going to be a casual chat ended up being a almost a full committee meeting so the players obviously there who were involved in the committee the the what was then the management and the selectors that had already been chosen and the chairman was there as well and now I should do on a side note for those of you who don't know me too well I was actually born in England and, and I didn't come over here until I was maybe nine so my mom is Irish so that and my grandparents um, and f- most of that both sides of the family are all Irish uh, dad's English but hurling just didn't really come natural to me I didn't play it an awful lot growing up obviously I would have played it in school to get the day off or in PE but it just wasn't something that came natural to me I watch it all the time I, you know, you follow the Limerick hurlers and stuff, but hurling's just not something that technically I was very good at, okay? And it's not something I have a ho- I had a whole pile of knowledge in with regards to tactics. Uh, technically, trying to coach someone how to play hurling just wasn't really something that I'd done or had any exposure to. And having said that, I also don't know a whole pile of people or my network isn't really that big in the hurling circle yet right so I got in there and I seen this fella sitting on the chair who I'd never seen before no idea who it was and you had obviously I was introduced to the chairman the selectors and kind of obviously already knew who Darrow Donovan was Rich English was there as well 
and I think that was it that day. And we were sitting down having the conversation and I was kind of giving him a bit of a background as to who I was and what I'd done. So I mentioned the fact that I worked in England with Wolves as on my placement um, and I'd done that sort of thing. Uh, bits and pieces I'd worked with Limerick FC, both at underage level and at under-19s. And that was the kind of the only... Um, that was the main exposure I'd had to kind of senior SNC work. And then conversations started going again. I still had no idea who this fella was sitting across the way from me. And like, it wasn't like I was trying to like talk myself up or any of those things. I think obviously in an interview like that, it, it, it felt like an interview. Um, I won't lie. And you're sitting there, you're obviously giving the right answers of what you think is the right answers, asking me stuff like, how do you deal with when you're doing conditioning sessions and you've got people who are massively different in terms of physical makeup with speed? You have one fellow who's very fast, one fellow who's very slow. How do you manage that so that the person who is very slow doesn't get disheartened by the fact that he's... Um, feels it appears that he's miles off the pace or whatever and I obviously go through the whole talk about um, doing mass runs how you'd set that up and how it works and how it, it makes it evens up the group and puts less of uh, a gap between those who are your fittest and your fastest and those who are kind of lagging towards the bottom I'm going through all that and it's all great and it was only after I'd say it was about maybe a week or two after because I only figured out his first name that day and then I figured out that it was actually Tony Ward who's obviously the manager now but Tony had obviously won two All-Irelands in the same day uh, massively successful hurling coach um, again fantastic to work with but I just felt so stupid that everyone else in the room must have been like Jesus Tony's Joe sitting in the room where we're after doing a great job to get him in to manage us and I sitting there going I have absolutely zero idea who you are and just it was kind of a that was the first moment where I was like okay I'm going to have an awful lot to learn here and I have to do it fast because if I don't you get left behind and it was that was when I was like okay um, how is this going to work how am I going to approach it but thankfully that meeting um, went well I feel like I spoke well I got my points across as to how I would manage the whole thing coming in a, as a full time SNC role trying to work out you know, how often would we train how would we do certain things the gym setup they had out there and how the management structure was going to be set up and stuff as well so that was all spoken about on the day and I felt like on that day in particular I had to almost I felt compelled to reiterate the fact that I didn't play hurling um, obviously going in I thought that that might have been a bit of a deal breaker because I suppose you have this notion that um, people only want people working in sports that you've played in because it makes you a better coach and all that sort of stuff I don't believe in it but I'd explained several times that I, I don't play hurling I can't play hurling 
and that my job, my role and what I'm going to be tasked with doing is getting your hurlers in a position physically and mentally in a position to compete against the likes of Napiershig and Patrick Swell and Kamalik and those to allow them a platform to express their technical skills because Dune is one of those parishes where players are bred on hurling very very close community you've got hurling in Dune and you've got football in Ula and from a very 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 young age they're bred on hurling and the hurlies in their hand the whole way they're growing up so what you don't have is you have a massive pool of players that are technically very very good but there is no long term physical development plan so you get to 16, 17 and the physical differences between players start to be more apparent and I'm almost lucky in a sense that that's the way the situation is there because now I, I can almost solely focus on the physical side of things the technical side of things is more or less taken care of obviously there's always going to be things to work on but then the management team then can set aside and be like okay we just need to really get these lads tactically to know where they need to be where they need to go how we want to play and how we're going to go and win games and it makes things a whole lot easier Granted, in a lot of places you're not blessed with that. You've got kind of a, an even mix of players who are technically very good and physically very good. You've got a pool of players who are physically very good but technically not so good. And then you've got players who are technically okay and physically not great. And there's there's that everywhere and you've got to be able to deal with that. When I got started straight away, um, we it was miserable. Honest to God, lads. I've been in many, many cold places on the planet. Um, in winter in Ireland. And Dune has to be right up there with one of the coldest. It was wet, miserable. And it just... I thought I was going to hate every second of it. But to be fair to the lads, um, they got stuck in straight away. I met them all. And I think it was on a Saturday morning, basically explained how it was going to go. I wasn't going to be coming in being this authoritarian figure, roaring and shouting at people. Anybody that's ever worked with me knows that I'm not like that. Um, I set the structure out in advance, six weeks in advance, explained what we were going to do, explained how it was going to work, explained what I expected of them, asked for feedback of what they expected of me, so that we are clear in what the expectations are from both of us and that there's a strong communication between both me, them and the management. And then we got down to work straight away. The buy-in was fantastic from the word go. I think it was the fact that it was new and that a lot of them hadn't been exposed to a, a proper S&C setup. 
they'd done um, kind of fitness classes, bits and pieces like that, but never really a structured S&C program where you're taking specific periods of time in the year and focusing on certain things. So when we got down to work, I knew that they didn't really have a massive fitness base from an aerobic standpoint. And that was where I had to get to work first. So we did a lot of tempo runs, a lot of, a lot of mass runs and I mean we hammered them last year between December and the end of January we didn't touch no hurling until end of January but hammered the mass runs we were doing them three times a week um, I got them up to doing um, like nearly eight kilometers in a session of mass runs which was horrendous um, anybody who's done like hard running in December will know how hard running eight kilometers is anyway, but try doing that on a mucky pitch in December when it's freezing cold and you're trying to do that at 14, 15 kilometers an hour constantly for nearly 45 minutes. Um, I think I've learned an awful lot since that. I don't think I would have done so much of it. I think it was a little bit of me was like, okay, I'm going to do this and that's going to be my primary conditioning tool did a few sprint sessions as well we were doing some gym sessions as well but that was my primary conditioning tool i've now geared or moved away from doing mass runs and doing more tempo runs and that being my primary tool of conditioning because it allows you to do a whole lot more but that was it was a four to six week block of conditioning in in december and january and it did it worked to bring the group very close together as well because I think they'd never done something like that the the because the mass runs were all um relative to the individual they were in their four or five groups there wasn't a massive difference between players in terms of the top group and the bottom group there wasn't a no, the, the top person was getting challenged to their limits and the bottom group were getting challenged to their limits there was a bit of competition because you had the opportunity for lads to move groups if they were performing well and they were progressing well and there was just a good dynamic and it was a really good environment to be in during those dark winter months which is great after that then, so Christmas we were doing, um, we moved it then from doing two pitch sessions and one gym session at the weekend. We moved the gym from the ball alley over in, um, beside the pitch to into the one of the dressing rooms to get more space. And we had to split the gym sessions up into separate groups because the space wasn't big enough. You had a squad of nearly 40 players and you're trying to do a full on gym session in the clubhouse and like it's not that big you'd fit a minute there's maybe six or eight people in the dressing room at a time it starts to get a bit cramped but we made it work anyway didn't do a whole pile we did a small bit of maximal strength work it was more a learning curve for them as well because they hadn't done again, a lot of them hadn't been exposed to any sort of gym work or at least structured gym work so it was really basic stuff um squats Bulgarian split squats 
Um, we added in some hip thrusts and some heel elevated goblet squats for lower body work, bench press, pull-ups, shoulder press, um, weighted push-ups, hammer curls, close grip push-ups, those sorts of things for your upper body. Uh, med ball throws for core and rotation strength and force production for hurling. Um, plyos, again for speed and then we added in some um, a good bit of core at the end as well so we weren't we weren't doing an awful lot we were doing enough to stimulate some sort of strength gain which didn't have to be a whole pile as well because the base level was pretty low with some of them but that's 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 just the environment that we were working at that time and then I had I was lucky enough to work with uh, Gary Myrna. So Gary is from Turles, and he was our hurling coach for the year. We started hurling in January, and then that was where the I suppose the learning for me took place because, like I said, like I had no real experience in being involved with hurling. I would have spoken to Gary every day or every other day just to get an idea of what he wanted from me and so it could marry both how he wanted him to play, how Tony wanted him to play and how I was going to manage the condition sessions and what we were going to do. A lot of our condition sessions were done through games. Um, we played an awful lot of small city games initially and then we were moving slowly moving into larger sided games as well. So it was planned out really well. Last year was weird, right? Because or the season just gone was weird because we we planned out in advance. So we like January we started hurling. It was late January. I think it was the nineteenth to the twenty first. We started. It was a Saturday morning, and we were due to play our first championship game on the twelfth of April. So that would have given us three weeks of three weeks, three months of work. So February, March, yeah, three months of work before championship, which is plenty of time and anybody who remembers you go back to February and think about how miserable February was weather wise between the end of January I think we trained five times on five times maybe six times on the pitch the, the big pitch out in Dune and then February middle of February it started getting miserable and from the I think it was the end of the first week in February till the first week of March. We didn't ever get an opportunity to train on a full pitch. We ended up having to train on the Astro out in Palace Green. We played our training games in UL. The weather was so bad that the pitch in Dune just wasn't, um, it wasn't drying off quick enough. So it went to full five weeks without being able to use our own pitch, playing all our games essentially away doing all of our, our tactical work on the small pitch, which, again, it's not ideal, but we made it work. We did no, um, we'd say, full-sized, or even, say, like, when you cut off, like, a half or a third of the pitch and only use that third. Did none of that. It did it all on the, the AstroTurfs. And that was, again, another learning curve because I was getting exposed, okay, I'd be very adaptable from a coaching point of view with soccer because I played it. I've coached it for a good seven or eight years anyway. So that 
sort of thing isn't a bother to me. You give me any situation and I will figure out a way to do a session on that. Whereas obviously with hurling, it just didn't come natural to me. And it was great then for me to get an opportunity to see, okay, how is it done? How is what we were planning to do now that it's not possible to do it exactly like that? How do you make changes to that? And how do you still get the same result from <clears throat> what you were going to do um, and what you are now having to do instead? I did an awful lot of small sided games, a lot of um, kind of phases of play, a lot of technical work as well. And it was just the the intensity of training was just phenomenal. Like I've been involved in training sessions in soccer and it's been slow, lethargic. And it just blew my mind as to how fast training is all the time. Like you can't do... It's very difficult anyway to do any drill in hurling at walking speed. You can do it in soccer all the time because you can literally walk <coughs> with the ball and you can slow it down. But hurling just happens way too fast to be able to do that. And it just... That was the first thing that made me realise I was like, do you know what? We actually don't need to do an awful lot of conditioning because the intensity of... Even the technical drills, the tactical drills, the smart city games, the intensity of those are so high and you can manipulate the times and the amount of players in them depending on what way you want to work it and, and the, the response that you want. But outside of that, I didn't have to do a whole pile of extra conditioning because the quality of the training and the the skill level and the, like I said, the intensity and the attitude and the aggressiveness for everybody was so high that it, that was creating the stimulus to condition lads to be better, more conditioned, run faster, run, be able to run faster for longer and all those things that you'd expect to get from a conditioning program. And that worked really well. I didn't have to do any sort of extra conditioning after training. The odd time if someone missed a session or if... Um, we felt like the quality wasn't that high or the intensity wasn't that high you might add in a little bit extra at the end but very rarely and I think that carried on that was a theme for the whole year I think every time we got to training everybody wanted to be there the intensity was ridiculously high all the time and it was just great to get there lads get in, stuck in, get work done and that was driving um, the conditioning process for all of us which again was was great to see the majority of our, our training then and the the way we went about it was very very highly um, related to the game and in game very rarely we did, did we do things that were abstract or closed to skill um, related there was always maybe a opposition player there was always a decision to be made there was always um, some sort of environmental constraint on the game or the the drill or whatever you want to call it to make it specific and that for me is an extremely crucial part of training for field sport at least that you can't overlook 
they're I would say 80% again to put a rough number on it anyway 80% of your training should involve some sort of decision making in relation to the game because it doesn't matter how fast you can run it doesn't matter how strong you are doesn't matter how technically good you are if your decision to do whatever action that you want to do is too slow then the chance is gone anybody who plays sport here will know things happen like that the ball is moved someone changes direction whatever happens happens so fast that you have to be able to observe your surroundings and orientate yourself in a way that's going to make it easier for you to make a decision and then act based on that decision and a lot of our training was revolved around that so what I've essentially just described there is um, what's called the OODA loop. So observe, orientate, decide and act. And this is the process that you're, you as an athlete or even as a coach or anybody should go through with regards to decision making. So observe your surroundings, observe your environment, where your teammates are, where your opposition players are where the ball is <clears throat> even where the referee is where the linesman is observe everything that's going on and take in as much information as you can then you have to orientate yourself in the position where you're going to maximize your opportunity or your potential to make the correct decision or to make the right play or to raise your uh, chances of, of being successful after that then you have to decide and you have to decide what your action is going to be decide what you're going to do where you're going to move how you're going to behave and how you're going to process that information that you've already taken in and then you have to actually go and act because it's all well and good making a decision but the decision then has to be followed by an action and then you have to put into action all of those things on the loop which arrives at your point where you make the action and if any of those chains in the link are suboptimal or missing then the final action will be the wrong one and you will essentially fail in that moment and as a field sport athlete what you're essentially trying to do is to reduce your chance of failure and to be more successful so the biggest thing is being better at observing and from years of coaching soccer I suppose I would have always been a, a big proponent not always um, but when I actually learned about it a big proponent of scanning so scanning your environment to looking taking in as much information as you can and then being able to actually orientate that information and to only accept almost what's needed and to take what's important and to use that then and just disregard anything that's not important that doesn't really mean anything. Um, and since I started going through this whole process of actually understanding that whole OODA loop, it actually makes things a whole lot easier. And you can use it for a field sport, you can use it for work, 
Um, you can use it for pretty much anything. Um, in anything that revolves around making a decision, you can use that OODA loop. So or observe, orientate, orient, observe, orient, decide and act. And that's the process that you go through constantly on a daily basis to arrive at making good decisions and then hopefully that decision results in a correct action. And that was a theme for the whole year and we got to, I think, what was it, the 14th of March, we played an awful lot of um, challenge games. We were, were playing well, we were in good shape, very confident about our chances of being successful this year looking forward to my first taste of championship action and then it gets called off and we were dropped into lockdown and we were all like what's going on what's going to happen so we had to go back to um that was probably the hardest part we we to almost rip up the script and, and start again i was then tasked with trying to keep fellas ready keep fellas interested keep fitness levels up keep interest levels up keep strength levels up from home because people didn't have equipment because things happen so fast um it was difficult in the sense of you're now dealing with 39 40 lads um like coaching them distance distally just distance coaching um but I think very once we found out that it was actually going to be longer than the six weeks, actually gave him a break. So actually didn't do. Excuse me. Did um did an awful lot say from, in the March into April, and then, gave him most of the rest of April off, all of May off, and then started the start of June. So give him a six to eight week break because you usually get a break in in season anyway. So give him a break. And to be fair, the attitude of the group was, I, I'm, I have a break now, but I'm still going to do the bits and pieces that along the way that they've picked up. And that, I think, was a massive um, help to how we managed to maintain the freshness and maintain the, the fitness that we'd gained over that period of time. Another thing that was um, incredibly beneficial to us as well is Tony knows new um, Maeve Gakwin. Um, I've hoped to God I've said her name right, but she. Anybody who knows the Curfin footballers, I think they won was it four or five in a row Connacht football championships, and they, not Connacht, uh, Galway, or have they? This just shows you how much or how little I know about um, Gaelic <laughs> football now. I think they've won four or five in a row. It could have been all Ireland's. Um, but again, they're probably one of the, the most successful um, football teams in the country in the last few years anyway. But she's worked with them. She also worked with the Galway Senior Hurlers when they won the championship in 2017, if I have that correct. Um, she's a nutritionist. Um, she's a clinical dietitian, but she's a sports nutritionist as well. She got involved with us over the lockdown break as well. Got involved with a couple of lads in a kind of a fat loss competition. 
and did work with um, us as a group and I learned an awful lot from her in terms of how to implement nutritional strategies to a larger group because I nutrition has always been one of those things it's not that I don't know about it it's just I think the implementation of certain things always kind of eludes me and I, I do struggle with um, the implementation of them and I think that helped massively for me being better at getting the right information across not too much but doing things right um, at the right times and she also helped introduce a couple of things like hydration strategies and, and getting it to a point where it was just routine. So we go through like jump body weight checks at nearly every training session for a period of time, uh, pre and post weigh-ins, um, educating people on if they were a heavy or a, a low sweater and how to kind of be proactive with that and implement strategies both at an individual level and at a, at a group level through halftime and pre-match and post-match um, strategies to to promote obviously good recovery and optimal performance and she was probably key in us nailing those things and if you look at any of our games, the majority of the games, bar maybe the Napierce games, if you look at how we managed the water breaks, I think bar one, the the first one against Adair in the first um the first championship game, I think we we were up in the first fifteen minutes and we just came out with a poor attitude in that second fifteen minutes. And I think from that we said, kind of talked about it again as a group, that that was going to be the, the time where we could implement certain things like um, having ice cold water on the sideline so that it, it can drops the body temperature down quicker and you can spend maybe 30 seconds to a minute on breathing to lower your heart rate and stimulate um, a recovery um get into a recovery state during the either the halftime break or the water breaks so that when you go out you can actually make better decisions and she was key in doing that as well so that had a massive influence on the group as a whole um, over the, the whole uh, championship which was another thing that we were that I was lucky enough to be involved in and then throughout the 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 rest of the championship I think we we did things right we were unlucky enough like when you think about it we lost um rich english early on in february we'd lost um a couple other players for certain games like we were missing dara o'donovan um for both the semi-final and the final like you're basically taking out 66% of your county players of your squad uh, which is going to be a massive um, blow to any squad but I think as a group it helped galvanise us as well I think we just from losing Richie earlier on we kind of said you know what it's just a case of next man up now N not a case of sitting down being like oh 
Richie's gone what's the point we'll just wait until next year it was a case of lads were like okay Richie's gone who's in his position who's the next man up everyone else has to perform 5 or 10% better now to make up for that and we drive on again and I think that kind of seeped into the same attitude we have later on then when we when we lost there about 50 minutes into the quarter final it wasn't so much of a a shock to the group it was still a massive blow in terms of losing one of your better players but it wasn't so much of a shock and we responded well I think that bodes well for next year because now we've that belief in us that no matter who or what happens that us as a group we're going to drive on together and it brings the group closer together that bond is stronger now for next year and we can drive on and, and push on to get over the line eventually because there is whether I'm there when it happens or not there is a county title in this group in the next few years and it's it's going to happen and they're going to work extremely hard for it and it's going to be absolutely magical when it happens and hopefully I'm there when it does but for me like I said I think the whole point of this one was more so just to give you a, a rough just to talk about how the year went, um, how it's it's difficult to try and talk you through it from a, a logistical perspective or a, a coaching perspective as to how we managed it because there's so many ups and downs with restrictions, no restrictions, lads training from home, um, all that sort of stuff. It's just been a bit of a nightmare really, but I think... As a year, as a as a season um, under our belts, I think with the group that we have, it's been massively successful. We got to look at, I think at some, I think four of our starting fifteen against the Pierce Sugar All Under Twenty Ones. Um, one of them was a minor, um, Chris Thomas. We'd finished with Chris Thomas and Keena Donovan on the pitch as well, who also a minor. Twenty Ones won the county final as well this year so back to back county finals and I think there's another one in them next year there's there's massive potential there we don't lose I don't think we lose anyone to age maybe one or two I'm not sure but I don't think we actually do lose anyone outright to age uh, the age profile of the squad is ridiculous Um, it's like 24 25 on average and the the signs are there that it's going to be another good year. Regardless, I think we're a bit more prepared for it in case like like this now at the moment we can't train, but lads are still doing bits where we're implementing um, training programs that are now a little bit easier to actually do themselves because they've gone through a year of it. And yeah, I think for anyone that is looking to get into teamwork you, you what's the best way to say this now I lose that kind of expectation that either because you've played the sport that you're going to be able to coach it and the flip side of that is just because someone hasn't played the sport doesn't mean they can't coach it I think if you're if you're kind of interested enough and you're passionate enough about coaching or the SNC side in general then it doesn't really matter what sport you are involved in 
you just need to understand the demands of the game, reverse engineer that, and then you go after the key performance indicators, both from a tactical perspective and a physical perspective. Like that's all I did last year. I asked Tony, I asked Gary as a carry, how do you want Dune senior hurlers to play this year? How do you want them to express their technical skills on the pitch and what kind of game plan are you going to put in place for them when it comes to championship? He taught me and I was like, okay, based on this, they need to be able to do this, this and this. Now, you compare that also then with any research that's available for you to on the demands of the game at the elite level. And then I did that. So I took the research papers, um, as many as I could find that did or had GPS that are available. And I based it off elite senior inter-county hurlers. And then I worked back from that because I was like, okay, if I can get them physically prepared from a, a motion point of view, uh, that's disregard and strength. Um, so just from a movement and a speed and a fitness perspective, we're going to be pretty close. And you take the game demands, like the, the total number of uh, sprints in a game, the total distance covered in a game, the number, the, the mean, the average dif- distance of a sprint, the average duration of a sprint, the speed of a sprint, um, time between sprints, um, number of times the ball is out of play and the average break um, in play and things like that. And you can start to get a better idea then of the game and how you actually go about doing it. It makes things a whole lot easier. I'm actually going to save the rest of that. What I've just talked about there now is actually for another one. I'm going to talk about um, actually programming for the off-season and talk about the um, reverse engineering things and what, what way you actually go about it and how to develop conditioning programs for um, athletes based on certain sports. I'm actually going to do it specifically to hurling because I have all of that available to me and I have a year under my belt of that so I can actually share it with you. Um, but yeah, hopefully if you're still here, you got to the end of that. Um, like I said, I wasn't really sure how that was going to go. I was just kind of a, a rambling um, for 45 minutes about how I got on with my first job in senior hurling, um, how I managed to keep my job um, as an SNC coach for a senior hurling. And hopefully it gives you, I suppose, for anybody that's actually interested, a little bit of an insight as to how I felt it went. Um, how things were done little bits of pieces that you can take from that like specifically the reverse engineering the game the the OODA loop discussion the the mass runs and how when you're working as a coach regardless of where you are you are always marketing yourself. And I'm not talking about the marketing that you put stuff up on Instagram and you market yourself like that. I'm talking about how you do your job and how you present yourself when you're doing your job is the best marketing as an actual coach that you will ever have. I'm not talking about these Instagram coaches. I'm talking about coaches who are on the pitch getting stuff done. And when you work you've all like I don't want to say you always got to be thinking about the next job but 
when you are working and when you were doing a job then and you have ambitions and goals of moving up a level you've got to do that job to the best of your ability and because you never know who's looking or what's around the corner because I maintain that had I not um, been a competent confident and a decent coach in the gym and gotten results and been seen to be some bit professional on a regular basis um good crack and all those things that like your personality shines through then i don't think i'd have been in line to to get that role um and i don't think i'd have been in line to keep it or to progress on and get roles in the next level up from there which would be third level and so on so hopefully you enjoyed it i do apologize about it being too long but look it is what it is sometimes we just like to talk to myself and i will chat you guys in the next one hopefully it will be a little bit shorter but i enjoyed this one hopefully you do too and i will chat to you guys soon